0: You're listening to Managing Leadership Anxiety, yours and theirs, a podcast offered in partnership with Missio Alliance. Each episode, we discuss internal and relational pressures, how they block effective leadership, and how we can move through them to a greater health. And now your
1: host, Steve Kutz. All right, friends. Hey, I've got just such a a treat today. My guest is Todd Lola. Uh, Todd is a powerhouse of a human being. And uh, he's a pastor. He's the founder and executive director of Mobilize Ministries. Uh, His life mission and the mission of the organization is to mobilize missional living, expand the good news of Jesus and his kingdom among existing spheres of influence. And as you're going to quickly learn, if you don't already know Todd, he wrote this amazing book called Weak is the New Strong. Uh, Todd wrote it from a wheelchair. He wrote it from a, a person with cerebral palsy. And so Todd, uh, not just as a pastor, Todd's also a scholar, he has a master's in biblical studies from Abilene Christian University. Before we hit record, we were chatting about one of our fellow heroes, Richard Beck, who's a great professor there. So Todd's a pastor, he's a scholar, he's a Bible guy, but he's also somebody, just because of his own life experience, that just has something to say. And so it's an honor for me, Todd, to welcome you on the show. Welcome to Managing Leadership Anxiety.
0: Steve, I am so happy to be here, Steve. This is the time of the podcast where people turn up their speed because I tend to talk <laughs> a little bit slow. <laughs> yeah. In fact, when I moved to Hollywood from Dallas, I, we moved here to expand and mobilize ministries. Here, and people noticed that I talk slow, but when I told them that I'm from Texas, they understood.
1: <laughs> are you a <laughs> Are you a Texas native? I know you spent some time in Oklahoma, but did you get your start in Texas?
0: I am from a suburb of Oklahoma City called Yukon.
1: Okay. Todd, tell us us a bit about um, your calling into ministry. When did God get a hold of you to call you to be a pastor and a minister?
0: Well, see, I went to OU, and I was just a um, college student. Who was trying to figure out who I was and I was still trying to figure out how to navigate life with cerebral palsy and um, I did my own thing and I really struggled through it and um, I And the Lord met me in my dorm room. I was empty and I was trying to fill my life with just drugs that I thought would make me complete, but I was empty. And the Lord met me there in my dorm room with. Converted to tenancies in Christ, you've been made complete, and ever since then, i uh, um, uh, I've been following Jesus.
1: Yeah, your book just came out a few months ago. As of the publishing of this podcast, I think I think Week Is the New Strong came out in August or so. Todd, and it's yeah. had a, a big splash already. But what I love about the book, I've got a bunch of quotes here I wanted to get your reaction to. Because I, I love, you, you have some really provocative things to say about weakness. So I'm going to read some of these quotes out of order in what you wrote. But I want to start with one of my favorites, Todd. You said, um, there's not a book called Weak Finder. But Finder 2.0 is a perennial bestseller business book because it teaches people how to daily thrive in their gifts. But you're really challenging us to daily thrive in our weakness. I'd love to hear you tell us a bit about that.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, hey, we want to, we want to push uh, away our weaknesses and Hide them and really think that that's why strength funders exist, because there's not, not, not there's not, not much room in business and life or even sad to say in the church for weakness, and but but it's interesting how God's word says something opposite. When we are weak, the puzzle pop says we are strong, and um I, I I discovered that in my life. And this radically revolutionized my life.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, Todd, like that passage from Paul, you know, Christ's strength is made perfect or Christ's power is made perfect in my weakness. It feels like for most of us, we're trying to graduate from that as quick as we can. It's just hard for us. To live in the daily reality that we are weak and flawed. What would you say to us that, that is a practice that helps us remember that we are fundamentally weak in need of God?
0: Well, well when, I, when the Holy Spirit um, highlighted 2 Corinthians 12, 9, to, me exactly changed my whole life. Paul says my race or my unmerited favor is all you need for my power is made perfect or displayed through your weaknesses and right then I had tears the, the, Holy Spirit just gave me tears of joy in 1997. Uh, I was 27 years old. And I'm right there, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. I'm thankful for my cerebral palsy. Even though it is not from you, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my speech and I'm thankful for every weakness that you have to deal with every day. Because if your power, Lord, is displayed through this, then praise your holy name and speak. Ever since then, my, my life has not been in spite or despite of my, my weaknesses. But I I really believe that you you can have a better life being thankful if, for your weaknesses and, and being thankful for God's. Power through your weaknesses so you know what I I am trying to only help people normalize your everyday weakness but I think the church as a whole needs to normalize God's power only
1: yeah, your Yeah, yeah. You've made a couple of fascinating decisions to me, Todd. One is that you are able to walk, but you've chosen to predominantly live in a wheelchair. You wrote in the book. You said, "I'm mobilized in a wheelchair." As I was reading it, it really struck me that you wanted us to understand you're not limited to a wheelchair. It actually. You even wrote about how it frees you. What you said is I've discovered that society seems to be more accepting of someone approaching them in a wheelchair than someone who's struggling to approach them. Tell us about that.
0: Well, I, I, I will t- t- take you back to when I was young. Um my um my biological father's family. They're, they are always said time when you um, um, um walk, you play football, you do this and this. And so I, I heard those expectations, but then um, uh, I had this. Um, a desire to connect with people and to really help people find peace. And I remember um this out there for this podcast but I don't think so. I had Dream where I was six. And I, I called it a, a dream that seemed so real, but now I know that typically, that is more like a trance. And this angel came into my room. I was seven years old and I, I struggled and walked with a cane sometimes. And he re- replaced my cane with his growing cane. And ever since that, that point, I mean, it's it, 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 it reallyII- school, middle school, high school, college, grad school, people have always been drawn to to me because I think we all want that that supernatural comfort that that, that, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be verbal, And so my goal in life is really to connect with people and give them the same hope that Jesus gives to me. And, and for some, I mean, some decide, hey, they want to. But for me, um, I feel like my wheelchair is not a hindrance, but it mobilizes me to really um, connect with people.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a really savvy, like it had a phenomenal amount of wisdom to it, Todd, that... You just intuitively see, I think you, you intuitively know that, that people get anxious, right? Like even they don't know what to do or say and you've actually found a way to sneak through that anxiety so you can connect with people at like that. I, I, I was really struck by that. And the other thing you write about, like you even kind of joked about it as we started is, is slowness. Like you speak slowly and deliberately and you move slowly. And you wrote in the book, you said, slowness is an asset. Effective leadership isn't about how much you can get done. It's about how much of an impact you make. I, I love that. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Well, I, I wrote that after years of frustration. <laughs> yeah. First, yeah, at first, I years of frustration, because my, my, They end up being 5% of my to-do list being done. And I really think that in leadership, we we need to have a to-be list more than we need to have a to-do list. Uh, I think people... Even me, uh, we're hungry to to see other people be who God has made you to be. And so so I found peace at really doing less things in a more impacting way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think you've really hit a a core point for a lot of leaders that we we do measure our well-being and identity by productivity. How long did it take you to learn that lesson? You were saying just now that that was a hard-fought lesson. How long was that for you where you got to be at peace with being slower?
0: I think it was the first I'm um, I mean, about about seven years uh, which was the first have uh, my first career job I, had, I was seeing how the discipleship was being modeled in a very, um, I um, mean, you do this, you do that, and it all depended on what you do, and, and my Mindset was the uh, opposite. My my mindset has always been, it's about grace. It's about God's emergent favor through your life. And we need to stop wearing people out through these disciple-making tools and disciple-making ideas that I don't think really makes the, the disciples at all. Yeah. I just really think how people stay busy, but I think Jesus had a, a rhythm. He had a rhythm of good grace. He had a rhythm of rest. I mean, I, I'm sure that the, He, by all means, God on earth, He could have done a lot more than what he did, which i never said that statement before. It, it sounds pretty unbiblical. Um, but the thing is, he did it. He was more intentional about what he was doing, or even, even more so, he was more intentional with who he was with. And uh, I think we really need to get back to being human beings and not just human d- doings.
1: Yeah, uh, that's really good, Todd. So one of the things I'd be interested in hearing from you is as somebody with cerebral palsy, I, I would imagine, I don't know, but I would imagine that you probably have to ask for help for things more than you want to ask for help. Is that accurate? Or if not, correct me if I'm wrong?
0: Yeah. Um, but I have transitioned uh, a lot in that the because um, my ammo has always been no thank you, no thank you. I mean, every until I um, go to a coffee shop or somewhere to meet with someone. I mean, yeah, they watch me get out of my Jeep and they walk with me around. They, they see me struggling, walking slowly around the Jeep to, to get my wheelchair out of my. Car and so I, I, there is innumerable times where people ask me, Do you need help? Okay, and my old self said no, yeah. thank you, before they even got out. Do you need,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I, uh, um but then then um th- there's a a, a switch. and when I say yes please i started a conversation and and so i, I found out that many people help it's a way to try conversation, I love to share Jesus, (laughs) and so I've shared Jesus with with people many many times after I said, yes, please, thank you so much for helping me, and let me tell you about my my best friend, his name is Jesus, and I'm I'm a dear Remember that um, story um, about um, the friends carrying the paralytic through the room to encounter the presence of Jesus. And I think maybe too often we think about the friends And I enough about the pandemic, He had to say yes. Please help me. Yeah. If he did not say that, his friends would have never gone to experience and see the power of. God, so what if us, what if when we say yes to people to say yes, help me in my weakness, what if that's a way for us to help them experience the power of Jesus?
1: Yeah, I love that. I think think that's amazing. And Todd, I think you've actually really pressed on an area that leaders struggle with the most. Like this is a leadership podcast. Most of our listeners are leading something. And I think just by default, it's like we all want to be helpful. We don't want to be helped. And just hearing you open up about not just the opportunities that God's given you by openly welcoming help, but also like like you say, like the friends of the paralytic, because the paralytic, Was happy to be helped. The friends got to experience something they never would have. I think this is your whole theme, right? Is the power of weakness, and and I think leaders we keep trying to outgrow it, so we can become self sufficient instead of Christ sufficient.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy we're hitting on this because what would happen if leaders? we're all allowed the space to be weak. Yeah. Weak. Well, one thing that would happen in the church, I think, is the church would experience more of the power of Jesus, because the, the more we allow ourselves to be weak, the, the weakness is a can't do it for God's power to flow through and to touch people's hearts.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right, Todd. Yeah, one of the one of the themes we've been exploring on the podcast lately. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Is loneliness in leadership and the need for mm-hmm. friendships? Tell us about friendship for you and how you cultivate friendship and you know, how you deal with the loneliness of leadership. Like you're a, you're an executive director of a nonprofit, right? Like that's a a lot of responsibility and and you moved to California not that long ago, if I remember, Todd, like three years ago. So you're still in some ways getting established. How are you doing cultivating friendships and getting what you need relationally?
0: Well, so we have uh, only been here for six April 29th.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and 260 days of that um, has been um, a mandatory shelter
1: in yeah, COVID, yeah.
0: Place. But we, I mean, we have a meeting with everyone who will meet with us. This is so. One thing is, um, one thing is, is you really have to, as a leader, you have to pursue, pursue that friendship. You have to pursue people. It just does not just. Happen, and so um 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 um, some of my, my best friends have come from me asking them. I uh, over, hey, let's have coffee. <laughs> um, I really think that that since um everything is online we have lost that, um, that vigor to pursue people. And so, um, one, thing, one thing I do is uh, I just pray, Lord, who are those f- f- you f- friends that you want me to, to pursue knowing that that everyone that we pursue for friendship to have coffee is just as blessed by the friendship as we are. And since I really think the friendships are a healthy part to being a an effective like uh,
1: yeah yeah. I I love that, Todd. Um, I think that is <laughs>. the challenge. I I talk to a lot of pastors that just struggle with loneliness, and they're not sure how to make friendships. And I love the yeah. The challenge just to reach out and the way we've been talking about on the podcast, it's kind of like dating. You just have to pick up the phone and see if someone will meet for coffee and, and go from there. And another theme we've been tackling lately is when people have to diminish themselves uh, and I've particularly been talking to people of color uh, or people who are not in majority culture. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the same for you. I thought it'd be neat to find out your take. Like, because you have cerebral palsy, do you find that people get anxious around you and then you have to adjust yourself for them rather than them adjusting for you? Is that accurate to your experience?
0: Well, I, I never really seen this question, cool, um, but This... Year has been very interesting because as a white, definitely able man, I I am still a minority.
1: Right. I
0: have gotten a lot of injustices in the world, and even in the church that really has not been dealt with in the church, it has not been dealt with in media, or um, but back to your question, um, I, I'm very open about my disability, but my weakness, so if I said, they this, this person needs me to be more open. you know, I will a joke about my um, disability or I will just share some of my daily sh- sh- struggles just to break the. Eyes. But what's interesting is that helps me grow deeper with, with that other human I'm allowing them to share their weaknesses too. But you know what, every human, not just me with a dis but everyone who wants to experience in the sea, I think one key is to learn how to be extremely vulnerable about your weaknesses.
1: Yeah. yeah so Todd, in my field of work, I'm always looking for Evidence of when somebody is in anxiety's grip. And one of the evidences you look for is when people have assumptions because they can no longer see what's true, whether it's the truth of the gospel or the truth about people. They're now operating out of their assumptions. I would love it if you'd be willing to share with us maybe a couple of assumptions that people have about people with cerebral palsy that just isn't true.
0: Uh, okay. I- I'm well. One of them, um, I do have to say that I do get get different assumptions from different demographics. Um, 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 I find that the older generation, uh, I love them, I learn a lot from them. But one struggle is when when they grew up people who um were um differently able, they lived with their parents like, like they did not uh, go to college, get married, have children, live across um the US and now we're even talking about 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 maybe across the U.S. That's something that not even many many um people who are not different able to, to, So one struggle is um with our older generation. Who who are not used to seeing that?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like as I as I'm listening to you, and obviously you and I can see each other right now. We, this right. is just an audio podcast, but um, it looks to me as somebody with, who doesn't have cerebral palsy that it's tiring to talk. Is that accurate? Do you get worn out when you have to talk a lot, or is that not accurate?
0: Um, no, I don't get well. I um um let me think about how to put this. I, I probably just need to stop and um and really re engage and really um at my mind is Speaking way ahead. They're oh like yeah, speech. <laughs> my speech. Your yeah. mind
1: is going faster than the mechanics.
0: <laughs> right. Oh man, right.
1: Yeah. So then, in the book, Todd, you you flesh out um, minor weaknesses, and right. I love I love the metaphor you use about how they're like rust on a car. Where at first there's just rust, but if you don't treat them, they can really rot the core. What would be some examples of minor weaknesses that you think leaders really need to be paying attention to?
0: That is a great question. Probably one a would be to not think so much about what other people are thinking. Yeah. yeah. And to think more about how you are... Pleasing the Lord and not about what others are seeking. Um number two, um that um oh we don't have to compare ourselves with anyone. um it's so easy to get sucked in to the um, social media to get sucked into um, other leaders who are um, known and we can learn from what has made them known without um, craving that that celebrity part of their leadership ship um, um, as a pastor as a Christian leader, our goal is to make Jesus known so I want to always strive to be pure at heart and say hey, hey, Um, Just like a toddler, John the Baddest, in my book, he says, I must decrease so that Jesus must increase.
1: Todd, you've been postponing it long enough. I think it's time for you to brace yourself like a man and receive the gauntlet of anxiety questions. Are you ready?
0: Okay, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) All right. Here's the first one. I think every leader carries their family of origin into the room with them, whether they want to or not. What's maybe one trait that you inherited from your family that helps you in leadership? And then, what's one that gets in the way?
0: Well, when well, I thought of that question, I first thought about my, my wife because um, that's not inherited from a family, but she's my feeling now. Yeah. And and she is very logical. I am very emotional. Um, sometimes I'm too driven by emotions. And she really helps me be very stable and help me be. Remember how it has worked out and how we can take logical steps to the vision that I, I have, which makes us I'm so blessed that she is my wife because I'm a big visionary, but I... Often don't know the detailed steps to get to my vision. She, we would not have moved to Hollywood to expand the ministry if it weren't for her detailed steps. So,
1: all right, thank you. I I think one of the challenges for Lita is when we make Mistakes, they're often made in public. They're made in front of the people we're leading. Would you be willing to share a recent mistake you've made and how you recovered from it?
0: Well, uh, I like to talk about something more personal because my leadership as a husband and as a dad, that is the most important leadership I think a man has. And we are really passionate about digital parenting. And it, I mean, we, we were so passionate that we think we see the Bible definitely the most way it comes to discipline and um the other day I um, um I in frustration I raised my voice to my five year old. And, and 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 that type of leadership really hurt me. It hurt how he relates to me, and so it was hard. It was a very hard moment. But I then apologized. apologized to my son and, and he see he that well and I think that he was touched by that and, and, and
1: yeah, yeah yeah Todd I think that's a really amazing example I, you know I think as parents <laughs> when we don't live up to our own standards we can be so full of shame about it how long did it take you to forgive yourself? Like, obviously, you you worked with your son, and he's like, no problem, Dad. But then sometimes there's a lingering internal. Was that the case for you?
0: Um, yeah, yeah. But my wife, she always reminds me about the words grace and the Lord's mercy. Back in my 20s, I used to be very unhealthy at evaluating every single thing I did during the whole day. And uh, I would unhealthily beat myself up Mm -hmm. For what I did did not think that I met um, expectations. And then one one, one night, the Lord met met, met me in my car. I was trying to run down in my mind. Everything that I um, did wrong. And he, he said, Todd, wh- wh- why do you beat yourself up for what my son got beat up to a bloody pulp for on the c- cross? And, and I just had tears of joy. And it all comes back to the simple gospel. Mm.
1: yeah oh man well then this third question is kind of related to that i think i think you've already alluded to it but we all have an inner critic and i think the challenge is to believe god's word over the word we tell ourselves. i wonder if you'd be willing just to let us into your inner critic and what message does it try to tell you about yourself that isn't true
0: Well, okay. So, back in my, back in my twenties, um, it was yeah. I'm a loser. It was between my masters and my first music job, which took a long. Time to live. And as a man, we're, we're made to yeah. be st- stewards, right? We're made to work. And I had this false sense of myself that hey, since I cannot land a job, I'm a loser. Yeah. We're, 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 which is it opposite of what I teach, right? Yeah. I, I teach, you are victorious in Christ. And so the Lord helped me that in my 20s, but now um, I um, I'm trying to think of one now, but I just can't think of one
1: that's, no, that's I think that resonates with a lot of people, Todd. And so, then our last question in the gauntlet uh, it, it's become my favorite question to ask is when in your life do you feel most fully loved?
0: Oh, uh, yes, I am well, where I have that. <laughs> next with, with with my wife and w- w- where I just bear everything to her and she d- d- just re- sees me with love and grace. Ah, I feel... I feel loved. When someone getting a life giving word, I feel loved. When um um when people give me opportunities to minister to um, I help live
1: there. Man. I feel loved. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, you've got a lot on your plate. You're a brand new dad of of a baby. Um, th- <laughs> thank you so much for making time to come on the show. It's just been a, it's been an honor to meet you and to chat with you.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was a b- blessing, Steve. Thank you for having a Thank you for for your uh, impacting podcast. For more resources, visit stevecuswards.com or missyoualliance.org.